The scripture reading for today is Luke six one to eleven. On the Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, "Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath?" And Jesus answered them, "Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him?" How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him. And he said to them, "The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath." On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, "Come and stand here." And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, "I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it?" And after looking around at them, all he said to him, "Stretch out your hand." And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday worship. And those, especially who are here、uh, in persons gathering,、uh, why don't we turn to our neighbor once again?、Uh, bless one another. Good to see you. This is a wonderful. Blessed Sunday that we can gather together. It is wonderful to hear some of the babies cry and their sound.、Uh, it feels full that we have generations worshiping、uh, together. And those who are worshiping still online,、uh, we do bless you and hope and pray that as you are worshiping today, you are joining us in spirit and truth.、Uh, you may be seated. So we began the series called "Right Side Up Kingdom," and today I'll be sharing、uh, the third message with the title called "Sabbath Labor." We have to understand that work of Jesus Christ continues even on Sabbath day, and I know that、uh, many of us, when it comes to Sabbath, it may sound very foreign because. That we as Christians,、uh, we're not technically celebrating or keeping、uh, the Sabbath that、uh, the Jews were keeping.、Uh, we as Christians, we gather together on Sunday, and we call this as a Lord's Day. So we do have our own commitment、uh, as a community of God. There's a reason why we're gathering as a church、uh, to keep the Lord's Day to worship. The Lord Jesus Christ. However, it is not because out of legalistic reason we're gathering, but it's accountability reason we're celebrating on this Sunday. But back then,、uh, the Jews,、uh, it was very important for them to keep Sabbath, and their understanding was that you're not allowed to work on the day of Sabbath. Sabbath is the fully、um, stopping their work or labor、uh, to keep the commandment of God. 
However, as Jesus came uh, from their own perspective, Jesus violated the day of Sabbath. In chapter 6 of Luke, uh, it records two incidents. The first incident was that on the day of Sabbath, Jesus' disciples were hungry. So they plucked and ate the heads of grain, not only just eating them, but they're rubbing them. And back then, it was considered to be labor or working. And that was big no based on their tradition. And go, goes on to the next passage. It says, the key is that on another Sabbath, on another Sabbath, Jesus heals someone on the day of Sabbath. But more than actual healing incident, uh, it is very important for us to highlight on another Sabbath. Because we think that logically speaking, I mean, you know, the back-to-back -back story, it should occur on the same day or back-to-back -back incident. But the author of Gospel of Luke intentionally recording these two incidents that happened on a separate day. So there is a very clear intentional reason why these two incidents are recorded in chapter 6 to make the case. Why Jesus labor or why Jesus was on action on the day of Sabbath. Many of us, we think that Jesus is gentle, right? I mean, he is full of love so he shouldn't cause any kind of tension or conflict and jesus is full of wisdom so if you really think about it logically speaking when someone needs to be healed he could easily say hey i know your pain but you've been suffering for years it's not like you know just something happened today so can you come back tomorrow i will heal you well, come on, just follow me. There are a lot of Pharisees and there are a lot of people watching, so let me help you when no one's watching. But Jesus was very intentional, even though he knew that people were watching, especially religious leaders and Pharisees who were watching, he intentionally picked this day of Sabbath to free person to be healed. So what was intention behind Jesus? Did Jesus do intentionally to really, you know what, change everything, cause this conflict and chaos? And saying that you are wrong and I am right? Or the season or the Old Testament is gone and then I am beginning this New Testament era that you don't need to follow the law of Moses that you've been holding on to. I am giving you the new law. As if Jesus was like having this head-on clash. Because God was very clear in Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 10. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work you or your son, your daughter, your male servant, or your, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. Now, you and I, we all know that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. So he worked to fulfill 
the law of God. He works so that you and I can truly rest. He died on the cross so that you and I could live. So today, as we talk about the Sabbath labor, what does it mean for Jesus to work on the day of Sabbath? For what reason? And what is the implication for you and me in our Christian life? Because many of us, we don't even have this mindset of Sabbath. Or many of our second generation or third generation, that we don't even want to make this legalistic Lord's Day, so to speak. That many of us were so used to freestyle of like whatever comes and we don't want to be bound by any kind of rules and regulations. So what does it mean for us to live Christian life? So number one, we have to understand Jesus' work in order to remove human-made burden. Human-made burden. So he intentionally ministered on the day of Sabbath because there were misconceived notions and it was a human-made burden. And Jesus wanted to remove human-made burden. So when it comes to the law, when it comes to Torah, there were two types of Torah existed. Number one, it was written law, written Torah. For example, the first book of the Old Testament, we call it as a Pentateuch, the law of Moses. It was written. And Jesus never abolished Moses' law or written law. Jesus never contradicted written law. In, in fact, he came to give us complete understanding of the law, the intention, spirit, heart behind the law. But there's a second type of law or Torah called Oral Torah. And this Oral Torah was passed down by word of mouth from generation to generation. So this Oral Law evolved through three different stages. The first stage we call Midrash, second stage Mishnah, and third Talmud. Probably many of us, we heard the third stage of Oral law, Talmud. So Midrash was a verse-by-verse verse commentary explaining the written law. Do you understand? So written law is there, but oral law was to have commentator or interpretation of written law, verse-by-verse. So as Jews came back from Babylonian captivity, they wanted to understand the law of God. And in order to do that, they needed help. So they needed commentary. They needed interpretation of the written law. Four centuries later, the second stage was developed, and from then on, they start writing this oral law. So commentary, writing. And third stage, we call it as a Talmud, full of wisdom, a lot of good teachings, but it was interpretation after interpretation after interpretation. So what happened was, Jesus never contradicted it or abolished the written law, but man made interpretation and interpretation, interpretation somehow drove people 
out of the scripture original intention and spirit, the heart of it, and it became a tradition. There are rules and regulation. So in Mark chapter 7, verse 5, Jesus described to me this way. And the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders? So these interpretations were tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands. And when it comes to legalism or tradition, we think that these are all bad. Right? Because many of us, we react against the institutional church. But sometimes rules and regulations are needed. Why? Because you and I, we are self-centered. We're a sinful being. If there is no proper interpretation, what happens is that we interpret on our own of our convenience. Isn't that true? I remember hearing this story, it was, for me, I thought it was funny because when our church moved into a new building, about 13 years ago, it was a brand new building. Everyone wanted to keep the carpet and the seat all clean. And even the choir, you know, they were having this brand new choir practice room. They wanted to keep it clean. So choir uh, leadership, they made a decision. You know, in our choir practice room, no coffee. Only water allowed. And then some of the choir members, they asked, so what about barley tea? What about corn tea? Uh, if corn tea or barley tea is allowed, then coffee should be allowed. The reason why I remember like, that incident 13 years ago, you know, how technical we can be. And that's not the spirit, you know, that's not the heart behind. Like, we want to keep it clean for the sake of accountability. It's not rules and regulation. And somehow, many of us, during COVID, because we wanted to set an example, we couldn't meet together. So now, in-person worship, it's impossible so that online worship we were worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am so glad and grateful for those who work so hard behind the scene, making live stream possible every Sunday. Just like Pastor David said, you know, like we were teaching that song like in front of a camera, but now like you are here. But some of us, it became out of our own convenience, right? So now, even though physical gathering is allowed. We're able to gather together. Sometimes we have our own reasons based on not commitment, accountability, but we begin to interpret how we live out our spiritual life on our own. So as a community, as a group, we need accountability. We need to have a clear reason why we are doing what we are doing. And the Christians gather together, begin to meet on Sunday and keeping the Lord's Day because they didn't never wanted to violate Sabbath. But first century Christians 
were being kicked out from synagogue on the day of Sabbath because they were following Jesus. So they couldn't keep the day of Sabbath in the synagogue. So they decided to meet together as early believers on Sunday, which was celebrating the Lord's resurrection. You know what? This is the day that we are gathering, not only worshiping our God, but as a resurrectional community, we're going through persecution. We need to be reminded. So it's not just about clicking the button and checking the list. I did my Sunday worship, whether it was a physical gathering or online. It was never than that. As a community, we need to gather together, spur one another, pray for one another, have a fellowship, and be reminded again why we are following Christ. That was the heart behind. But unfortunately, when Jesus came, the religious group, they made it as this Pharisee legalistic rules. So you and I, we have this temptation, always the tension. One side is like last Sunday while we talked about temptation to fall into our sin, desire. But on the other hand, we have also temptation of becoming Pharisee in order to control other people out of religion. And I remember like back in the days, like doing youth group retreat. You know, some of the teachers and pastors, I'm guilty out of that, right? Like we demand, hey, you need to memorize the Bible. You don't memorize, no lunch. I remember like even some of the parents that came to me and like, were like boasting because I make sure my kids do quiet time. If they don't do quiet time, they don't eat dinner. Wow, you know, accountability is good. We need it. But on the other hand, somehow it's like this rules and regulation took over the heart behind because the heart behind is to love the Lord and wanting to know the word of the Lord. But there is a temptation that we want to kind of control other people and one another with whatever the interpretation that we have. And this became an issue because the interpretation of the religious leaders and interpretation of Jesus were conflicting. So Jesus is challenging. What is the heart behind? In verse 3 and 4, Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for, but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him. Jesus is not saying, well, David violated, so I can violate. That's not what he's saying. But Jesus is reminding what was the heart behind and he came to fulfill, because I am greater than David. I gave you full interpretation, which is to complete the kingdom of God. But brothers and sisters, many of us, in the name of Jesus, in the name of religion, parents, even church leaders, sometimes we give heavy burden but it's not the burden of Jesus Christ, but it's a burden of our own needs. Because we want even our children to look good. 
There are a lot of temptations, right? I want my children to do well. Not because they love God, but because like they are my kids and I'm the pastor, I'm the senior pastor. Because I'm elder, because I'm involved at church. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Using Peterson and the message, he gave us a little more easier translation. And listen to this. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will discover your life. You will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. The burden that you and I are carrying, if it's from Jesus Christ, it is well-fitting, free, and we are filled with the power of the gospel and passion for people. But I wonder, many of us, instead of carrying the burden of Jesus Christ, we've been carrying the burden of man-made burden. Maybe that's why a year and a half it's been refreshing for you. And I hope and pray that you feel refreshed. Because maybe during COVID, God was removing all these man-made burden in the name of church or religion or even the way that we disciple, removing all those things and come back to reset and say, what is absolutely critical and essential for the gospel and we as followers of Jesus Christ? Not doing because what we used to do, but rediscovering our true sense of purpose. Because Jesus' burden gives us joy. But on the other hand, man-made burden gives us resentment, make us tired, burnt out. Which leads to the next point. Jesus worked in order to restore the lordship of Jesus. In verse 5, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Are you allowed to work on Sunday? Are you allowed to study on Sunday? Maybe many of us, we don't struggle with it. But at least for me, I did because I grew up in a very strict, conservative church background. I heard so many messages that, you know what, Sunday, it's a holy day. You come to church, you worship, but you don't work. You don't swear. You behave well. But the question remains, okay, then are you able to swear during weekdays? Are you allowed to sin 
or live freestyle life from Monday through Saturday? Because technically speaking, I am working on Sunday. For me, this is work. I'm not volunteering. I'm working. If it's volunteering, we should be just all taking every, every person. I'm not volunteering. I'm working. My day of Sabbath, to be honest, is tomorrow. I rest tomorrow. So who am I to say that you shouldn't be working, you shouldn't be studying on Sunday? But again, what I said was, who is the Lord? The Sabbath was to remind every single one of us who is the Lord of our lives. Who is the Lord of your study? Who is the Lord of your work? Who is the Lord of your business? The problem was that Sabbath became the Lord. People became the servants of the Sabbath. It just reversed. And because of all these technical rules and regulations, Sabbath, it was like suffocating day. Everyone was so scared on the day of Sabbath because if they violate, they will be punished. Or they were scared that God will somehow like severely punish them. So it's like, Every day is like free day. Oh. But Sabbath, oh no, what do I do? I don't want to violate the day of Sabbath. So the Sabbath became the Lord and weekdays, other days like, yeah, free day. Isn't that sad? On Sunday is like, oh no, I cannot do this, I cannot do that. But then Monday through Saturday is like, yay, party. I love Monday through Saturday, but Sunday is like, oh, scary day. And it became like, inside of the church, like, oh, we have to be all careful, but outside of the church, freedom. Hanging out with the church people is like, you have to be careful because they're going to judge, they're going to say something, but hanging out with the non-believing friends, oh, Don't you feel that? And sometimes like when you work, when you study, like, oh, you envy non-believers. Why? Because you, you sin exactly the same, but then you feel guilty, but they don't feel guilty. How envious, right? It's like, oh, man. God, why did you meet me so early? If you met me like later, you know, I could enjoy just like my friends without feeling guilty and shame and do everything I want and later meet Jesus as a Lord and Savior and go to heaven. I, you, you begin to envy non-Christians, their lifestyle. Your children is like, can you ever imagine like my kids like say, man, why was my father pastored? I wish my father was not a pastor. My, why my dad is deacon, elder, like, not a blessing, but this is like, oh, so restricting. I wish my parents were a non-believer. If we ever hear that, is that a blessing? But that was the thing. The people, the Sabbath became the Lord. 
rather than Jesus Christ becoming the Lord. So Jesus is not talking about, is it okay to work? Because I know a lot of our first generation, they work on Sunday. But I challenge them today, you know what? If you're calling, and if the Lord of your business is Jesus, it is clear, then you can work. You can study. After church, study. You have exam on Monday, study on Sunday. You got to study. But if Jesus is the Lord of your study, do your best. But we don't work on Sunday because we make more money than other people. We're able to get ahead of other people, but because it is a calling. It is a purpose. The Lord is, Jesus is the Lord over our family, our finance, my calling, my future, and everything that we can work. We can work on Sunday. We can work on Saturday. We can work on Monday. Jesus will rather have that than you keep Sunday as like pure. You don't work. You don't study. You do nothing. And yet you're still like idolizing and still compromising and sinning. Monday through Saturday. Luke chapter 11, verse 39 to 40. Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools did not he who made the outside make the inside also. What? Jesus is saying that Jesus is the Lord of your inside, your heart, your intention, motivation, everything that you do. That's why I don't judge or I don't want to force right now during COVID, like you have to come out, if you come out more spiritual than people who are worshiping online, no. But God knows what's in your side, in your inside of your heart as you're worshiping, whether you're physically or online worshiping, what's inside? Are you choosing to do because out of reverence, out of honoring God, or out of your own convenience? Or are you coming out because you really want to have a fellowship with God, or are you coming out out of guilt? So the purpose of Sabbath is to know that Jesus is the Lord. God is in charge of our lives. That's why we need to stop on the day of Sabbath for that reason, which leads to my last point, pausing in order to fulfill God's call. Brothers and sisters, the purpose of Sabbath or the Lord's day is not for us to rest for the sake of rest. It was rest and taking a break so that we will be charged, reminded, to pursue God's calling in our lives. Some people, we think that resting, for the sake of resting, is good. You know what? You rest all the rest of your life. I guarantee you're going to feel restlessness. We get to appreciate rest only there is calling. So rest and calling is always connected deeply. If you don't have a clear calling of your life, you do nothing. Stay home. Rest of your life, you'll feel restless. 
But when you have a clear calling and purpose, you need to rest to be reminded. Why? In verse 9, Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? It's about doing good. It's about making people alive. It's about God's call that you and I, we have received. But the problem is, as you do that, we deter. We get sidetracked. Isn't that true? Those of you who are going to university or school, I know if you belong to Christ, you make the commitment, Lord, I want to study for you. Those who are called to workplace, I know on Monday, after Sunday worship, you go, Lord, I want to work for you. But the problem is, by Wednesday, Thursday, we get swayed. Other stuff become more important priority in our lives. How often? Every week. Even for me. Every week, I have temptation. Doing ministry for the glory of God or doing it for the sake of pleasing other people, taking other people's burden, I need to be reminded and I need to be corrected not once a year, every week. That's why God has given us the Sabbath. You know what? Rest, but reminded why you are Fulfilling your call. Why you are studying. Why you are raising your children. Why you are serving at church. Why you are pastoring. Why you are called as a missionary. It is for the Lord. We need to ask this question every week. And we need to confess that Jesus is the Lord that we trust. That's why laboring and Sabbath never separate. We never dichotomize. We rest in order to fulfill God's call. And when we fulfill God's call, we need to pause and to remind it and repent and reset every week. I remember even Pastor Changsu uh, sharing that because he was taking three months of Sabbath. He's not taking it because of he's burnt out or dumping responsibility. He's taking it so that when he comes back, he will become better pastor. It's so true. You need a day of rest every week so that you can become better parents, better student, better father, better worker. Taking Sabbath, taking break is not dumping or quitting. But I do recognize that there are a lot of people because in the name of fighting back or against religion, institution, and legalism, many of us, we became so freestyle, there's no accountability and there's no calling. We just come and do checklist 
And maybe we're not doing what we are supposed to do. And that's why we feel restless. And maybe some of you, you've been resting too long. Without any calling in your life. But Jesus is challenging for us to do good, for us to save lives, to serve others. So, brothers and sisters, when we take the Lord's Day today, let us be filled with the passion of the gospel, the true intention that Jesus demonstrated to every single one of us. I hope and pray that Sunday is not something that we need to keep and do the checklist, but we get pumped up to do the work of God. It is my prayer during COVID, there are a lot of things that we did as a church. Maybe we need to unload some of the things that we don't need to for the sake of focusing on the gospel, focusing on what is essential. But when we do that, I hope and pray that all of us will be recommitting our lives with a true call. Finding true rest in Jesus Christ leads to accomplishing missions. Let's pray together. As we spend some time, brothers and sisters, I just want to ask you, what kind of burden are you taking on? Is it Jesus' burden, which is call, intimacy, joy, passion for the gospel? Or are you carrying man-made burden? Maybe some of you, you're studying not because your relationship with God, but maybe living up to your parents' standard, expectation. Maybe some of us were serving inside of the church not because we love Jesus, but because of what we have to out of reputation. In order to keep up other people's expectation. But inside, we feel burnt out, weary. Parents, maybe you've been passing down man-made burden to your children rather than the burden of Jesus. Would you spend this time to pray, to separate Jesus' burden versus you, your own burden that you have created? In order to do that, we need to restore Lordship. Lord, you are the Lord of everything. I need to be reminded. Lastly, I want to challenge those who you think that you've been resting for so long, but no calling. There's no clear purpose. Then you will never get enough rest because you feel restless. I hope and pray that today as you pause and maybe you've been resting for years, ask that question, Lord, what is my calling? That I can partner with you. Let's pray together.
Lord Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the master of our lives. But many times we forget that. That's why we need the day of Sabbath, the Lord's day to be reminded again and again and again. Lord, rather than responding to your call, many of us were so busy, bogged down with man-made expectation and burden, and we passed that burden onto one another, even to our family. But Lord Jesus, you came to remove those and for us to restore in our true call. So may your spirit, would you free us today? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.